0: Welcome to All Things Beer, a Pat's Pints, Mark's Mugs podcast. I'm Pat Woodward. And I'm Mark
1: Richards. Each month, we are joined by brewers, enthusiasts, and friends to explore the techniques, the culture, and the history of mankind's best invention.
0: So grab a beer and join us as we discover a world of all things beer. Well, here we are again on another episode of All Things Beer. Pat, how are we doing this week? Doing just fine. Summer has arrived, and we're currently here in Ohio in the land of medal-winning beers after the World Beer Cup Finals. That's right. Ohio
1: took home 14 medals from the recent 2022 World Beer Cup, and we thought it would be fun to... Talk a little bit about that
0: contest and maybe highlight some of those beers. And even more fun to get to drink those that won here in Columbus. We got four beers ahead of us here today, Pat. Yes, we do.
1: And I'm looking forward to it. Somebody has already done the hard work of figuring out what are the best beers to drink. We might as well reap the benefits for sure. Well, I thought before we did, we'd give a little overview of the World Beer Cup for some of the listeners who may not be so familiar with this. It's like the GABF, the Great American Beer Festival, but the World Beer Cup is open to breweries from all over the world. In fact, I think there were 57 different countries that participated in the most recent World Beer Cup. That's a lot of countries. That is a lot of countries, and those breweries contributed over 10,000 beers.
0: Now, you've been to the World Beer
1: Cup before, have
0: you not? I have. And one thing that's really cool there is at the award ceremony, you get to reap the spoils of what is left over from that competition. So all the beers that maybe only made it one round, which I guess it's a bit of a blind draw, but these are all professional brewers. So you're not likely to really get a bad beer, but it is kind of cool to see them all labeled up for what their intended style of judging was just the same way as if we would package them to be judged. Wow. That's a lot of beer. With
1: 10,000 entries, and you don't just send one beer, I'm sure, but how many beers do you send in? So
0: most of the time on the World Beer Cup, you have to enter a dozen beers, so 12-pack of beers per entry you're doing. So if you entered five beers, we're talking five 12-packs.
1: You just do the math. If there are 10,000 entries and in every entry they sent a 12-pack, that is 120,000 beers available Most of them are still going to be available for sampling. Yeah. Wow. What do you think is going to be the category that has the most number of entries in 2022? Always going to be the IPA. That would be correct. 384 entries in the American style IPA this last round. And that's followed by the second most popular category being the juicy or hazy IPA, 343 entries. And then it's a little harder to guess what might be the number three, but that's going to be the German-style Pilsner.
0: Yes, and for my drinking as of late, I'm crispy all the way. I would like to just start with three.
1: Just before we leave the statistics, a couple other trends, and some of these may or may not surprise you. There is actually more lagers entered than pale ales and IPAs
0: put together, 2,400 versus 2,100. It does surprise me a bit. However, I think when you think of IPAs, there may be slightly less categories than loggers.
1: Yeah, and that's true. And I will say that in 2018, none of the IPA categories said juicy or hazy. And in this most recent iteration, actually, there were 790 beers that were entered in a category
0: that had juicy or hazy in the name. Do <laughs> you imagine getting to handle all those, Pat? Oh, my God. Uh, that'd be a tough one for the palate, I think. There were
1: 982 beers entered in what I'm going to call explicitly Reinheitsgebot verboten categories. That is, in the name of the category, you're naming some ingredient that doesn't normally go in beer, like chocolate, fruit, chili, pumpkins, herbs, spices. Uh, And that's not including the fruited sours, which I consider to be more a normal expression of beer. There were 123 non-alcoholic beers. That's a new category this time around. Kind of a far cry from what it would have been five, ten years ago when you're like, if you wanted to find a non-alcoholic
0: beer, good luck. I have a lot of them. We just call them water at my house. (laughs) Sure. I've never really understood that, to be honest with you. I can understand it. I mean, if you could
1: get all of the flavor of a beer, but without the alcohol, I can uh, imagine times when that would appeal. How many of those have you had this year? And in your lifetime, how many have succeeded? Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? It's hard to make a non-alcoholic beer that tastes like an alcoholic beer. Right. I did recognize one of the beers in that category. It was uh, the Deschutes Black Butte Porter non-alcoholic. That was oh, a really? Sil- silver medalist. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So I'd be curious to try it. I love that beer. So here's a real conundrum, Pat. How in the hell does the wit beer category only get awarded a bronze? In
1: principle, the judges could decide that none of the beers are worthy of some of the medals and not award a medal. You see that once in a while, but this was really an extreme case.
0: I mean, come on, Pat. A hundred and two commercially viable beers. And out of all those, none were good enough that they could only give a bronze. I mean, the bronze medal went to Allagash
1: White, which I've had on many occasions. It's a great beer. And if you get a fresh sample of Allagash White and you're telling me that beer is only worthy of a bronze in a field of one, I would still argue with you. So it doesn't make any sense.
0: It doesn't make any sense. And it is hilarious. You've got to really be full of yourself to not give a gold and a silver in the wit beer category out of 102 entries. I mean, I guess it just goes to show
1: that the
0: preferences
1: and personalities of the judges, can play a big role, and that's totally out of the control of the breweries who enter.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, enough about the statistics. I think we wanted to drink some of these Central Ohio winners, so let's get to it. What's our first beer, Mark?
0: First beer is going to be what I am now calling the Rich Man's PBR, and that would be the Columbus Brewing Company
1: Lager. That's right. It took the bronze medal in the contemporary American-style
0: lager category. Now, why would you call it the rich man's PBR? As someone that loves PBR, I would say it falls very close. So close, Pat, that you and I did a blind taste test last weekend. We did indeed. To see what we thought the differences were. And I did not know it would be that close.
1: There was a lot of similarities between those two beers. It was not that easy to tell them apart. And I'm going to have to admit that in the blind taste test, I had a slight preference for the PBR.
0: I don't know if their special corn syrup is a small additive in that. I don't know if that gave it kind of that little more honey malt character. I think that's what I was detecting a little bit more something in like a sweet malt aroma over the CBC. And then the CBC though, that was one I chose as a preference. And I think it had just a slight bit more of a hop presence, kind of like a noble hop aroma, but again, so slight. There was just a little bit more hop character to the CBC, but don't be thinking
1: that this is going to be Bodhi territory. It's it's very, very subtle and a little drier. The PBR was
0: a little richer. I like it a lot. I think it's great. Super crushable. As we pour it, it's just about as clear and gold as it can be. I mean, it's got some kind of nice, bready, doughy, malt character. And again, like that light hop note, I think kind of takes you Mm -hmm. back for another sip. It's very nice. That's probably what stood out to me the most out of the two that I liked about it. If you want to drink local, CBC has got you covered. I also want to say that, you know, we've been comparing it to
1: PBR, which is no slight. At the last World Beer Cup, the PBR took a silver medal. And in fact, the Great American Beer Festival has won four gold
0: medals, so it's no slouch. I think it kind of gets branded as like an old man's beer and then a hipster beer and kind of like a cheaper offering, but it just shows pretty tasty. Well, anyway, I think the CBC is a great lawnmower beer for
1: the summer. And actually, CBC makes a number of lagers that are all really good. The Pills, and you've also got the Summer Teeth. Those are great beers, too. They have just a little more character to them, I think, than this one. But, you know, each beer has a purpose.
0: All right. Moving on to our next Ohio World Beer Cup winner. Also from Columbus, from Wolf's Ridge Brewing Company, we have what they call Daybreak. And that's a coffee vanilla cream ale. Not the
1: first medal for this beer, is it? Maybe the first at the World Beer Cup, but it's got some accolades
0: at the GABF in the past, does it not? That's right. In 2021, won a silver, 2020 a gold, and in 2019, a silver. Stacking up some medals on this beer for sure. Yeah, there aren't that many beers, at least certainly not in Ohio, that you can
1: say at these major competitions have brought home four medals. This is a beer that has consistently gone up against a strong field and fared very well. For anyone who hasn't had this beer, how would you describe what it tastes like, Mark?
0: It's definitely got that coffee nose. These beans are always provided by local roaster one-line coffee here in town. So again, keeping it local, it's deceptively brilliant gold. I mean, this almost could sit side by side with the Columbus lager we just had open, not too far off in color. And there's kind of that vanilla note. You also have a little perceived sweetness, almost like cream and coffee, but very subtle, which I think is good. A little restraint on this is probably what helps it a lot. No, I think the interplay between the vanilla and I think they
1: do put vanilla beans in the cold side. And I also think the coffee here is introduced on the cold side, if I remember correctly. Yeah, But that whole combination with the sweetness of the malts, it does bring up something that's kind of like an iced coffee. Yeah, it's nice. Maybe it's worth noting, I'm looking at the three medalists in this category. There were 79 entries in this category, coffee beer. And there's a whole different category for coffee stouts and coffee porters. The gold medalist was called Gusto Crema Coffee Ale. And the bronze medalist is Double Cream Coffee Dream. And it kind of suggests that maybe a cream ale is a very good vehicle for uh, coffee. Yeah. We are now heading into the dog days of summer. And sometimes hot cup of coffee
0: isn't what you want, especially in a, on a hot afternoon. And so, well, you got another option now. Yeah, I wonder how much caffeine translates into this. There was a theory I had in a while if I saw this on tap and I was starting to wane as the night was progressing to grab one of these. I think there's a non-negligible amount of caffeine that gets transferred. Just be hard to tell. I think we talked about this
1: with Justin Reich, at one point, maybe on the Glassware Game Show podcast, his theory was there's a fair bit of caffeine that gets transferred, but I don't know the answer. Although, you know, the 5% alcohol
0: are probably not helping you stay at your most awake and alert, are <laughs> AJ, former guest of the podcast, used to make an imperial coffee stout, and it really was good. It turned out great, and I would always drink it when I was over his house, and I told him how much I loved it one time. He said he didn't because it made me a wide-awake drunk. <laughs>
1: Well, there's that hazard that can go with the coffee beer,
0: isn't there? Now, when
1: you think about these big competitions, I mean, you and I have both entered homebrew competitions. As someone who works in the industry, what's the kind of insight you might have about how a commercial brewery picks the five entries or whatever they're going to send in?
0: I would think in any competition, and especially one of this size, you have to really go out of your way to pick the right style. When you're talking over 100 styles of beer that you could classify your beer as, it's really hard sometimes to narrow it down. But really making sure that you're entering the style so that the judges are getting what they expect in that style. Another thing to note is you could be brewing for a specific style. So Mm -hmm. a lot of breweries, they've got a lot of beers they make that are delicious. You and I would love them maybe even find them more interesting than something that was exactly the style. But then once you try to pigeonhole it into a style, it kind of gets hard. So Sure, sure. Yeah, I could completely see that. I mean, it's a bit
1: of a, a triangulation between, hey, these are the beers that we think we make that are the best. These are what the style categories are. And when you get overlap of those two things, then that's the beer you're going to enter. You've got to also think that if you send in an IPA, And you know there's going to be 350 entries. No matter how good it is, it's a long shot that it's ever going to get a medal. Yeah. Well, let's go on to our next entry, the next award-winning beer from Central Ohio here, also from Columbus. And this would be the Woden's Hunt Dunkel from Gimmut. And this was the bronze medalist in the European dark lager category. 132 entries here. So this is the most entries
0: of any of the Columbus beers that have medaled. That's kind of interesting, too, that European dark lager would be so high. That's a lot of entries, isn't it? Yeah, I'm both
1: impressed and pleased. No, I am also happy to see that. Happy to see the return of the dark lager. And, you know, when I think about a dunkel. I mean, really, to me, that is just a Munich version of a dark lager, and it's a style that
0: I am very fond of. Oh, indeed. And I've got to say also, Gammut, maybe for its most pointed intention towards German styles, really has grown to be one of my favorite breweries here in Columbus. Well, they are a great
1: example of a brewery who said, hey, there's a certain part of the beer world, and we are going to be very intentional in the styles that we make, and their choice is
0: German styles, mostly the lagers, and they do an excellent job at it. As you know, that rings very close to my heart. That could play into why it's one of my favorites as well. But this beer is really nice. It's got a toasty, bready, malty. There is a coffee note there, kind of, and it also has a caramel sweetness to it, maybe more in aroma than in flavor. I mean, it does have a bit of a drying finish. Yeah, indeed. You've got a little bit of that caramel. You've got Just some hints
1: of uh, coffee in there, the bready malts, and finishes quite clean and dry. It's a beer that's fitting to put into uh, one
0: of these half-liter mugs, you know. Also nice that Crowler pours a swell half-liter mug for both of us. (laughs) So, prost to you, Pat. Prost.
1: Yeah. Normally in these things, we try and keep to reasonable size samples. So on the first two beers, you know, we're drinking may- maybe 12 ounces or at the Wolster we split a 12 ouncer, but this is not packaged. It comes only at the brewery and we got it in a Crowler. And we are not ones to let beer go to waste, especially yeah. award winning, tasty Munich Dunkels like this.
0: Yeah. Waste not want not. That is exactly what you do with this. That's really good. Now, what about the name? Woden's Hunt. Who's Woden? Yeah, I think you looked that up, didn't you, Pat? What was it?
1: Well, I did. So, Woden is the Old English term for Odin, who people will know as the king in Norse mythology. Or if you don't know Norse mythology and you only know Marvel, that would be Thor's father. Then, so what's a Woden's hunt? Apparently, there is a superstition that on certain nights of the year, there would be these procession of gods and ghosts with odin at the lead i suppose and you have wolves and other kind of things coming through your area by the way it's a bad thing if you (laughs) witness the woden's hunt
0: you should expect bad things in your future so that's what it is well it only led to good things in our future when we picked up this (laughs) corraler yeah i think it's good omens to have this woden's hunt for sure
1: Well, as you might have gathered from that cork pop, we're on to a different kind of beer now for our fourth entry of the day, and this would be the Crocodile Tongue by Columbus Brewing Company. This is a mixed culture Brett beer, a sour, as some people might say, and it took the gold medal in this category. Boy, this smells nice. Lovely, lovely beer. It is the color of peaches, apropos as it is aged over Ohio peaches, specifically the Bisco peach, aged in a neutral
0: wine barrel for 18 months. That's right. And these peaches are from Branstool. Where's Branstool? Branstool is in Utica, Ohio, which is about halfway between Newark and Mount Vernon. Okay. So up in farm country and... This is the one that you always see come to the farmer's market here in Clintonville or also up to Wylands. A lot of times they'll park their truck there. Joan goes nuts over these peaches.
1: Well, they make an excellent
0: presentation in this beer, I will say. Boy, the initial flavor there is kind of bright and clean and tart, kind of dry. But it finishes with quite a bit of funk. Yeah. And it's like, first, how dry it is, it does seem juicy. Yeah, it does kind of have that peachy, juicy, up-front
1: thing. And then at the end, it kind of transitions into something that's got that Brett Funk and very dry finish.
0: It's like the best blue cheese you
1: ever had. (laughs) Now, that's a pairing combination that a lot of people don't talk about, the peaches and blue cheese.
0: They haven't talked to us, have they? No,
1: but my goodness, this is a good beer. Now, this is another beer where this is not its first accolade because this beer also medaled at the 2018 World Beer Cup. And at that time, it had the somewhat less marketable moniker of
0: to-be-determined peach sour. Yeah, I'm not really sure that crocodile tongue is what I think of when I have this. It's not overly tart. No. I could say, though, by the drying factor, maybe a little bit like... Crocodile Tongue's probably dry. They <laughs> look pretty so. dry. Their whole bodies <laughs> do. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure where the name came from. But Well, the Beatles was already
1: taken, Pat. So were the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Man, I am just really digging this intense peach flavor in this very complex beer. Now, in 2018, when this beer meddled uh, the last time, that was very early days of this sour beer production at Columbus Brewing Company. mean right? it kind of speaks to the versatility of CBC in that we started off talking about a lawnmower beer. And a lot of people know about the hoppy beers at CBC, which have won a lot of awards. But now we're talking about something entirely different with this mixed fermentation bread beer. I can tell you that it contains Bretanomyces bruxellensis, Britannomyces classini, Lactobacillus del and Pediococcus Damnosus. So it's got the full complement of the sort of souring bacteria that you get in the funky Belgian beers. Yeah, they
0: got the funk.
1: That's good they list everything. I like the disclosure on that. I mean, to be honest, CBC is making, I think, really excellent sour beers. But it's, you know, just kind of a sidelight of what they do. You know, I I generally only see them at the brewery. I don't see a lot of them
0: around town, but maybe that's changed. Have you seen any CBC Sours on the shelves anymore? I have not, and it's just a great reason to go to the tap room. There's so many beers on tap there that for someone around Columbus is kind of known as a supermarket brewer. They do a great job of covering both the supermarket beers and also some really, really interesting beers there at the tap room. I agree entirely. Okay, so we've got some other Ohio winners, and we don't want to take too much time on this because we don't have them here to drink. We've got a South German-style Hefeweizen, and that would be really a beer that I like a lot, Goggle Fogger from Fatheads got a gold. I think that's awesome because that's kind of a go-to beer for me if I'm looking for a Hefeweizen. I mean, that's another very notable beer.
1: I mean, it should be said that that beer also won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival in 2020. Another gold medal winner from Ohio would be the Ziegler from Madtree Brewing Company, which is a beer I haven't tried, but that won the gold medal in the American-style amber lager. You know, we uh, have been talking about these
0: endangered beer styles and you might put amber lager into that category i'm actually shocked that there's 86 entries i would have said they won out of three <laughs> that is a little bit impressive
1: well we might have to visit that beer uh and a future podcast
0: german style doppelbacher Eisbach we've got a silver awarded to froggy claw swiss style celebration lager from hoppin frog brewing in akron ohio and i can't help but think that that's an homage to Santa Claus. It only would
1: make sense if it would be. And of course, Hop and Frog is no stranger to high ABV beers. The next medal winner would be in the International Dark Lager category. There's a silver medal for Porter's Porter from Big Ash Brewing in Cincinnati. And I don't know about you, Mark, but it's
0: not obvious to me that Porter's Porter would be a lager. Truth. Belgian style ale or French-style ale, a silver goes to Crazy Train from Fretboard Brewing, Blue Ash, Ohio. Another
1: silver medal. This is in the English mild or bitter category. The beer is called Common Ale, and the brewery is Immigrant Sun Brewery from Lakewood, Ohio.
0: Okay, and then Touchdown Brown Ale from Hi-Ho Brewing Company wins a silver in the American-style brown ale category.
1: Now we're on to the bronze medals. There are three bronze medalists. I'm going to start with Restless Seas from Narrow Path Brewing Company in Loveland, Ohio. And that's in the German-style sour
0: ale category. And an extra special bidder gets a bronze from Sibling Revelry Brewing Company in Westlake, Ohio, called a Red. And the final medal goes to Megaphone in the Irish-style red
1: ale category. And this beer is made by Inside the Five Brewing Company in Sylvania, Ohio. Well, on that note,
0: I think it's maybe time to draw this episode to a close. Yeah, it's good to review some of these. Hope everybody gets out there and enjoys some of them, especially those around our area in Columbus, Ohio. But even beyond, I think I have some beers that I want to try on this list, Pat. There's some on here that we definitely have to get to in the coming months. Yeah, for sure. Well, until next episode, cheers to you and cheers to you, all things Beers listeners.